You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to this audio version of the Church Doctor Report. Our subject for today, your church, organizational bureaucracy, or spiritual movement. As we look at this topic, I want to share that we have worked with numerous churches on this issue of how we make decisions in the church. And I believe this is one of the challenging roadblocks that hinders the growth of Christianity and the health of congregations today. So let's get into our subject about organizational bureaucracy or spiritual movement. What is it for your church? There is the fictional story about a church that caught fire. All the members of the church board perished in the terrible disaster. Why? They couldn't find the procedure in Robert's Rules of Order to properly adjourn in the case of an emergency. (laughs) Well, that fictitious report has the power of a parable. The drift from Scripture cripples the local church in many forms, including its approach to governance. As the Christian movement continues to decline, sadly, there are several ailments that need to be addressed, and one of the most severe is the decision-making approach that creeps into congregations from secular and unspiritual origins. John Maxwell once said, everything rises and falls on leadership. If you were the enemy of Christ, doesn't it make sense that you would subtly create havoc among local church and denominational leaders who baptize secular approaches foreign to Scripture and make them feel popular and wise? Church decision-making the politics of leadership, is no small matter. Christ's followers have fought for the truth of Scripture for centuries through reformations, revivals, and movements. Jesus faced Pilate on the subject, what is truth? John 18.38. He also challenged the Pharisees on the subject of structure. New wine needs new wineskins. Matthew 9:17 Structure matters. How you make decisions for ministry is vital. Who makes ministry decisions is important. Church governance matters. The container in which leaders make decisions seek God's will matters. Otherwise, you lose the new wine. The structure of decision-making can carry the new wine of the gospel effectively, or it can lose it. Let's talk about the subject of death by meetings. So many pastors have told me about leaving church meetings, returning home, and losing sleep, tossing and turning all night. Many seasoned church leaders report similar effects. Unbiblical political systems 
put well-meaning Christians into destructive decision-making approaches that are foreign to the ethos of the Bible. So many decisions are subject to votes. Jesus' new wineskin is not sacred because it requires a two-thirds majority vote. Those on church decision-making groups are usually not chosen on the basis of their spiritual depth, but by popular vote. They are rarely discipled into the challenge of discerning God's will. Often, no one has considered their depth or lifestyle in scripture reading and Bible study. Most churches ignore biblical spiritual gifts like wisdom, discernment, leadership, and knowledge as they seek to identify those who will serve in the area of decision-making. Elections are treated as sacred. Few of those who make critical decisions for a church or denomination are discipled and developed to seek the wisdom of Scripture and the will of God. There are requirements that two candidates be put up for election for each position. Why? So a Christian willing to serve God in their church can lose in front of all their friends and church family? What is biblical about that? How does an election sync up with discipleship? While some will call it blasphemy, Robert's rules of order are not found in the Scripture. In fact, the whole concept of parliamentary procedure is foreign to the biblical approach. Have we not learned about the Matthias mistake? When the Christian movement was in its infancy, Peter suggested the eleven disciples draw straws to choose between two candidates to fill the vacancy left by Judas. Matthias was chosen and you never hear from him again. Jesus actually selected an unlikely candidate. His name is Paul, who would have never received a vote in the political process. Let's talk a little bit about councils, C-O-U-N-C-I-L-S, and councils, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-S. You see, many congregations have moved away from the harsh and political nuances of a board of directors. Most of these churches have sought to diminish the political overtones of the corporate world. They have used the names like elders or deacons. Some churches have what they call consistories. And many have what they call church councils, spelled C-O-U-N-C-I-L-S which is not biblical. The names of these decision-making groups may vary. However, it's the approach that makes a difference. The somewhat oversimplified bottom line is this. How does your church reach a decision? Some decision-making groups operate by majority vote. These votes are preceded by discussions. The real issue is the source or the basis for decision. Is it based on Scripture? Are Bibles even present in the room? Is there time for prayer? 
does the group seek total consensus? At the foundation of spiritual decision-making group is this. Are those chosen and discipled into the group selected on the basis of their lifestyle of regular Bible study, knowledge of the scripture, and commitment to God's will? As they serve, do they see this as their ministry with no term limits? Are they in the process of discipling someone else to one day take their place? If a group can't reach consensus, are they willing to table a decision and wait on God, study scripture, pray for clarity, and take up the discussion later? Are they willing to reach consensus? The only approach that remotely resembles a vote should be when the leader says, does anyone object? Does everyone believe this is what God wants? Or what about this question? Is there anyone who is not convinced this is God's will? And if there is someone, all discussions continue. With the operating procedure, seek God's will through reference to Scripture. At this point, I know many Christians would respond, well, that'll never work. We'll never get anything accomplished. Well, I want to tell you this. We've worked with enough churches and a denomination, and there are a growing group of churches where leaders have discovered this biblical approach actually works. We have the demonstrated proof. God's ways are not our ways. It is his church. You know, in the book of Acts, if you look closely, we'll get to the subject of councils, C-O-U-N-C-I-L-S, and councils, C-O-U-N-S. E-L-S. You might want to look them up in the dictionary. You see, when the Pharisees and religious leaders met in opposition to the Christian movement, the word in Scripture is counsel, C-O-U-N-C-I-L. It implies politics, votes, control. When the Christian followers met, the word in Scripture used is counsel, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. In Acts 20, 27, Paul says, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, of God. This approach for counsel from God reflects Isaiah 9, 6, where it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, that is governance, the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Ephesians 1.11, Paul writes, in him, in Christ, according to the purpose of him 
who accomplishes all things according to the counsel, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, of his will. You see, the purpose of the church and church leadership is to discern God's will. That approach is not a political vote of a council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, but a process by which leaders search scripture and in prayer seek the council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, of Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. While council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L-S, operate in politics, councils, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-S, seek the wisdom of God. Sadly, most church leadership groups by any name or structure are gathered without Bibles. They rarely pause for earnest prayer. They vote. The majority wins. Rarely would they seek biblical basis for consensus. Most operate by constitutional rules. They are elected by votes with little attention to God's calling on their lives or the gifts given to them by the Holy Spirit. This leads to another subject. Is the church an organization or is it to be an organism? Many churches and denominations have drifted into leadership structures influenced by corporate political structures. In doing so, they have lost the power of the Christian movement. The local church has taken on the mantle of an organization. Organizations are top-down structures that become a bottleneck of inward protection. It's a bottleneck. Rules and regulations stifle vision and outreach. Mission moves toward maintenance. Growth gives way to stagnation. Every metaphor for the church in the New Testament is reflective of a movement of growth. The body of Christ is not a stagnant corporation. The priesthood of believers has no room for a board of control. The vine and the branches bear fruit. The sheep follow the shepherd, not a rule book or constitution. The Holy Spirit provides supernatural gifts not bylaws of control. The household of God is a family that produces offspring. The manifesto for life in Scripture, not a document of political origin. We are organized for action, but not an organization. You see, the church is not a country, democracy, republic, organization, or corporation. It is a spiritual family with a variety of gifts on a singular mission. If you must call this approach something, it would be an apostolic theocracy. Let's unpack those words. The word theocracy means that ultimately God rules. He is the Lord. He is the head of his body, the shepherd of his sheep, the ruler of the universe. His word is the supreme guide. The scripture is our manual of operation. That's what theocracy means. 
Now let's look at the word apostolic. The word apostolic is all about relationships. Apostles aren't elected. They aren't rulers. If anything, they are servant influencers. They don't influence by laws, rules, or regulations. They influence by their God-given gifts. They influence by relationships. Their relationship is to Christ first and second to those who make up the supernatural body of Christ. Apostles disciple others into action, into ministry, as Jesus modeled. Every believer is a minister empowered by the Holy Spirit. Your baptism is your ordination in the ministry. The church is a royal priesthood, a royal group of ministers. Churches that reshape governance as an apostolic theocracy are freed. They are liberated from bureaucratic humanism. They are released to be the most unusual and powerful organism in the world called the supernatural church. Look, if we can help you move from organization to organism, you will be freed. Your congregation will be liberated to do the work of God at a whole new level. That's a fact. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.